This is Ashley, and this is School on Life, a weekly podcast about life, love, and occasionally libations. This week in Mentor Moment, I want to talk about the Mentor Me Mastermind. The Mentor Me Mastermind is a six-month executive coaching experience for high-achieving professional women. If you're a professional woman that has more than three years of professional experience, but feel burnt out, overworked, and underwhelmed, and quite frankly, underappreciated in a role that is mid-level, like an assistant director or associate director or a coordinator level role, and you're really looking to step into a higher level of leadership and make more money in your career, the Mentor Me Mastermind is for you. Executive coaching is a bit different than my standard mentorship programs because we're going beyond resumes and cover letters and interview strategies and really focusing on how you can position yourself as an expert, both in your current organization, as well as thinking about how you can position yourself as an expert in your life and in your career for a long time. If your degree, certificate courses, and donated hours serving on committees haven't gotten you the salary or the visibility that you deserve, then the Mentor Me Mastermind is for you. For so many professional women, they feel really stuck in a glass ceiling, or they feel like they've been raising their hand for promotions and raises and higher level opportunities in their career, but they're just not getting it. No one's listening. No one's really paying attention. And their organizations basically feel like they'll be there forever. But if you know that your career advancement has been stifled by your current organization or by office politics or just by your own inability to advocate for yourself, then the Mentor Me Mastermind is for you. Over the last 15 years, I've helped hundreds of women articulate their skills and leverage their expertise to advance their career in my own career. And over the last three and a half years, I've launched Mentor Me, both the Accelerator and the Mastermind, to support mid-level leaders in particular from avoiding the most common mistakes and making sure that they get the promotions, the raises, and a fulfilling career that they desire. The Mentor Me Mastermind is an outstanding opportunity for you to work with me for half a year, six months of that executive coaching experience and hear lessons like how to center equity and justice in your work, how to supervise and have success, how to navigate office politics, how to leverage project management strategies without a degree or certificate, and how to position yourself as a public expert even beyond your career. If those are strategies and lessons that you want to hear, plus you want to be a part of a community of high-achieving professional women in advancing your career, I invite you to join the Mentor Me Mastermind today. The first step is to schedule a call with me. You can do so right on my website at mentor-me.org. Once you schedule that call, you'll be invited to the program. If on the call, you decide it's a good fit for you and I decide that you're a good fit for the program and you'll have immediate access to a wealth of other high achieving professional women who are thriving in their career and support of me in executive coaching so you can do the same. I'm excited to welcome you into the mastermind this month. Take the first step at mentor-me.org. This week in I Digress, we're going to talk about saving for a rainy day 
And I wanted to talk about this one because it's literally raining outside and I feel like it's been a drought <laughs> in my community over the last several weeks. It hasn't rained. We've had to run the sprinklers all hours of the day to make sure the grass doesn't die. <laughs> um, and finally it's raining, which is a good thing. And while I know that so many people are devastated by the rain, by those in Florida and South Carolina and Puerto Rico and even in Pakistan, here the rain is welcomed because it's been so dry for so long. Moving past the weather, I think that over the last several years, I've just really been invested and focused on saving. I've been really invested and focused on wealth building, I guess, and just really been focused on moving from surviving to thriving financially. And I wanted to talk about some of the strategies that I use to shift that I've used and that I'm still using to shift from surviving to thriving in my finances in hopes that they might help you and that they might be things that would benefit you uh, to shift from that survival to thriving mindset as well. So strategy number one is just like looking up at the sky, looking up at your bills, look, you know, knowing what you owe and not sort of hiding from your bills or your things that you have to pay for. And this is something that may sound like pretty basic or whatever, but one of the things that I used to constantly do is I would hide from my finances. Like I would know a bill is coming and ignore it, or I wouldn't look at my credit card bill for like weeks or even months because I'm just like I don't got it I ain't gonna pay it or whatever you know I just used to like hide from my bills or try to pretend they didn't exist or just kind of like get low <laughs> get low on my bills just try not to think too much about them and in my effort to not think too much about them I was basically avoiding them which is like a terrible terrible thing to do I think knowing where you are financially, writing out your bills once a month. For me, I use like a budget spreadsheet. And if you want a copy of that, you can absolutely email me at schoolandlifepod at gmail.com. I will send it over to you. It's a budget spreadsheet I've used for probably 10 years and it still holds me down and it's so, so good. Just like not hiding from your bills, just like knowing what your bills are, not trying to duck and dodge your bills, like writing them down, putting them in a spreadsheet, making sure you check off that you pay them. And then for me, I don't automate a lot of my bills. I know a lot of people do that. For me, I need to get my bill in the mail. I need to go online and pay it. You know, I need to write paid in full, you know, on the piece of paper and then I need to shred the thing. Like I need the physical touch and feel of paying bills. Like for me, that's really like, that's a tangible thing. Otherwise I just feel like my money's just flying out of the window and I'll never know where it is. Like for me, touching my bills is really important. Um, that's like a tactile thing that I've learned. So just like not hiding from your bills. I think that's strategy number one, like knowing what they are, checking them off, that kind of thing has been really important. In addition to that, like knowing where you're spending money, you know, I'm recently married and shortly after we got married, I was kind of telling my partner, like, why do we have two Netflix accounts? Why do we have two Hulu accounts? Why do we not have the family gym plan? Why do we have like individual gym memberships? Like how can we get tighter on our bills? Like so that we just not waste money. Yes, we're married. That don't mean we have to do literally everything together, but where we can save money, why not do it together? You know what I'm saying? Why not do it like that? So that's definitely something I've been thinking a lot about and just trying to like have more visibility on what bills we're paying and why, and like, why are we duplicating things that we don't have to, that kind of stuff. So that's been really helpful to me. Number two is when it comes to saving for a rainy day, like I automate my savings in the same way that I'm like, I don't automate 
other bills because I just don't want my money flying out the door. And I just, I want to be able to feel and see and touch where my money is going with that same mindset. I automate my savings because I don't want to see where it's going. <laughs> so for example, for me, I save somewhere between 1000 and $1,700 a month um, out of my, my payroll, like my paycheck from my full-time job. Actually, I fluctuate between $1,200 and $1,700 every single month. And that $500 shift is basically like, if I have to buy a plane ticket or we're traveling or something, I won't save the fi extra $500. I'll put it in our travel budget. But if we're not traveling, then that month, $1,700 gets saved. But basically I save and invest, I should say, because a thousand dollars goes to saving. And then I think I have a $200 that goes out of every check to investing, but I save somewhere between $1,200 and $1,700 every month. And it's automated. I literally never see the money. It goes right from my employer to a savings account that is not connected to like my regular bank. And it's a high yield interest savings. So of course I do, you know, get a little savings on it from high yield, which is, you know, awesome and really grateful for that. And so, yeah, that is how I like automate my savings. And that to me is so major because if I were responsible for moving 12 to $1,700 out of my checking account every month and sending it somewhere else, it would never happen. It'd be like, oh, I'll put this little $200 in there and put this $50 in. Like I would never do it. So because it's automated, I never even see the money. So it's like how I budget is basically like, I only have this lesser amount because all of this other money has already gone to savings and I don't even see it. And that hasn't always been the case. I will be honest. Like that's something that I've only been doing the 12 to $1,700. That's new. That's recent. Like over the last year, I guess I would say before that I was saving a lot less so maybe like $500 or $300 for that. I wasn't even automating my savings at all. I would just try to put a little money away whenever I could, but as I've earned more money, I've just been thinking, right? Like titled this episode a lot about saving for a rainy day. And so I automate my savings and that's been huge for me. And maybe you're not at the place where you can do three digits or four digits. Maybe you're like, it, it's $25 out of my check, but whatever it is, like automate it, take, have it go directly from your payroll to your savings account that is not connected to where you check, where your debit card is. Like you shouldn't even be able to access it. Now, what's true is that I can access my savings or I, I could transfer it to my bank. Like that's available to me. I have a username and password. I can log in. Like all of that's available to me, but because I'm not seeing it every day and thinking, man, I could be using this money to do X. I just literally forget it's there. Like, and not like forget. I just don't think about it. It's just not even something I touch. It's not even, it's not something I touch. So that has been huge for me. And that's just a real blessing for me. And occasionally, because I work on a zero-based budget, if I do have a little money left over somewhere, like if I end up like, oh, it's a little extra right here, then I will like move it over to that savings account just so I can just like, you know, store away for a rainy day. And then the final strategy that I wanted to talk about in terms of storing away for a rainy day is the idea of stockpiling. And this is both a career development strategy and just like a money management strategy. So like I'm team have more than you need whenever possible. I am team have more than you need. And I'll be honest, like in this season of my life, I feel like God has very much been like, Ashley, here's exactly what you need. Like here is enough to cover it. And I'm like, mm, that's cool. But I would really like to live in abundance. I would really like to live in the overflow. And God has been like, mm, here's enough here's enough. You know what I'm saying? And that's been frustrating to me because like I'm team abundance. I'm team overflow. I'm team more than enough, but that's just not my lifestyle right now. That's not my life right now. So I've had to deal with, accept 
be grateful for provision in this season. But it's reminded me that when I am in the season of overflow, when I am in the season of like more than enough, then like that's the time to like say for a rainy day. And for me, that's true in career as well. So like when your career is going well, when things are like, oh yes, it's hidden. And everybody's like, you're that girl and you're getting promotions and you're getting raises and you're getting visibility and getting a new job. Like that's the time to write that stuff down and store those good comments and really lean into those relationships where, you know, for people that you're getting kudos from, because you're going to need those for a rainy day. When something does go wrong, you can go back to them and say, hey, can you support me here? Hey, can you advocate for me? Hey, can you put in a good word for me? Like you can leverage those relationships. The same goes with if you are in a season where you're kind of coasting in your career, that's the time to job search, right? Like if you coast and if you're comfortable, that's the time to, you know, put some feelers out. That's the time to get some career coaching because you don't want to wait till you're desperate. You don't want to wait till you barely got enough. You don't want to wait till you hate your job and hate your boss and hate everybody. You want to do it when this traction here, you know, like you want to take that action before it gets horrible, right? I really believe in that. And I feel like I've been blessed by that in my finances, what that means is if I have enough money to cover something, okay, yeah, you can buy that and you have enough money for that. And that's cool. But like, can you buy two? That's one rule. And then like, cause like, if you can't stockpile on it, then you might not be able to afford it. Right. Or like if something else happened where you needed that exact amount of money, would you regret what you had bought? Right. And those are things that like, I think about all the time. So yeah, so this is just something to, to sort of think about. I mean, I'm still on my personal finance journey. This is something I'm constantly like thinking about processing, trying to work through. It is just so, definitely something that is just been so affirming to me. It's been something that it's been a growth journey for me. Um, and just makes me feel better to have money in the bank, <laughs> to have a savings account. It makes me feel like an adult, makes me feel mature. It makes me feel like responsible. It makes me feel like I'm doing something right. Um, it doesn't always make me feel good. It doesn't always make me feel like I have everything I want, but it definitely does make me feel like I'm making responsible choices. And at the end of the day, like if I can go to sleep knowing that I didn't blow a bag on some bullshit, then like <laughs> that's like a good thing. I'd like to buy something that makes me feel good, both intrinsically and extrinsically, if that makes sense. Like, I like to make buy things that make me feel good. Like, oh yeah, that was a good, oh, this is fly. I like this. Like, this makes you feel good. Like, this makes you look good. But I also like to buy things that make me feel responsible. Like, I spent my money well. Like, I'm a good steward of my money. And when both of those can be true, that is primo. Like, that's ideal. So, so yeah, that's what's coming up for me. Let me know if this episode is supportive to you. Let me know where you're at in your personal finance journey. If you are a spender, if you're a saver, do you automate your savings? Do you use a budget worksheet? Would you benefit from the one I have? You can, like I said, you can email over and um, I'll get it out to you. And I think I said that email address wrong earlier. I think it's hello at schoolandlifepod.com. So H-E-L-L-O at schoolandlifepod.com. If you send an email there, I'll send that budget worksheet over to you. But yeah, I just hope that this really helps you think differently about your money and store it for a rainy day. And if you feel like, man, I'm not even in a position to save. I can't store because I don't got me. I barely got enough to cover the ground now. That might be a sign that you need to be making more money at work. And I'm excited to be able to help you do that, to have a more fulfilling career, to help you elevate in your career. So if you need some support around that or would benefit some, for some support, you can contact me directly at mentor-me.org. Schedule a call with me. I do have availability this week to meet with new mentees. And I digress. So last in TVT, I'm excited. I think I talked about this last week too, but Fall TV is back. And so I caught up on, I think all my faves 
all my fave five fall shows. But the ones I want to talk about today is The Rookie and The Rookie Feds. Super excited because Niecy Nash is headlining a TV show called The Rookie Feds, where she is positioned as a rookie FBI agent and like the growing pains of being a rookie FBI agent. So it's so interesting because, you know, I just feel like Niecy Nash can do anything. She can literally do anything. She just was in the Dahmer series, right? And was playing like a concerned neighbor. She was in Claws as a nail tech and a kingpin, I guess. (laughs) Now she's going to be an FBI agent. It's just cool, like, to just see her reinvent herself. I like The Rookie. When I first started watching, I was like, "Uh, I don't know. But I really do. I have an affinity for, like, cop shows just in general. And the stories on there, they're a little OD, but they are compelling stories. And so when I found that the Nishi Nash was getting her own rookie show, I was really excited. And yeah, I think that the show will will really, I hope it does really well. And in the first episode was actually really interesting and compelling. So I'm excited for her and excited for us to watch her in action. So check out The Rookie and The Rookie Feds. I watched them both on Hulu. I know they're both network shows, but I don't know what network, but uh, type in The Rookie Missy Nash and you'll be able to see it there. Um, it's really good. And I saw that she changed her name. So I believe it's Missy Nash Shaw. Let me see. Yeah, I think that she's like now, she's like changed her name. Sis is um, sis is married and we can't tell her nothing bets, right? So Niecy Nash bets. She is married and she's changed her name and she is a Niecy Nash bets. So yeah, definitely check that out. I'm enjoying her on the show. First episode so far, so good. So thanks so much for listening to School in Life. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you have a question for me, if there's a topic that you want to hear me talk about, be sure to send it over to hello at schoolandlifepod.com. And I look forward to connecting with you next week. School's out. Class dismissed.